0: Do not
1: go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn and rave at close of day. Rage. Rage against the dying of the light. Death, be not proud. Hello, this is Stomp, Death and Taxes, and I am Meep also known as Mary Pat Campbell, a life actuary. And yeah, I like collecting poems about death. But also, I am interested in raging against the dying of the light and pushing off death. There is no hurry to die. We're all going to die someday, but today is not that day. Well, it may be, but... Let us save lives. And by saving lives, we mean put off that day. Let's we don't need to rage, but we can intervene. We can mitigate mortality risk often. And that is why I am coming to you today. I am talking to you today about the insurance collaboration to save lives. Now, this is an organization that I have uh, donated some time to in terms of specifically providing some of my expertise with regards to mortality risk. I'm a life actuary, after all. Uh, this is a group, nonprofit group, that's been founded by Josh Sterling, and Josh himself comes from the insurance industry and we have multiple people involved with you know a variety of backgrounds in terms of all involved in the insurance industry but we have people who come from medical backgrounds doctors um, other health you know other people working in the health industry we have people who have uh, involvement from the regulatory side. Uh, Other actuaries as well, health actuaries. I've just been talking with a property and casualty actuary because we've been working on some of the data sets together uh, and trying to uh, tease out some information uh, from various data sets. So there's all sorts of people who have been involved with this. We've even got a marketing team here that Are involved of technology you know marketing specialists and that kind of thing so all different kinds of skills coming together to try to save lives in terms of put that day of death a little bit further away because here is the concept life insurance and uh, life insurance companies specifically have a direct interest in making sure people live longer because they will make more money especially on their current policyholders if they live longer uh now for those who are not insurance industry life insurance industry professionals i'll just give you the concept very quickly if you already have a Permanent life insurance policy. Let's make it very simple. Let's just say like a whole life. You're going to be paying regular premiums Obviously you die eventually at which point they'll pay the death benefits. However the longer you live The longer you're paying premiums though usually like for a whole life. There's a point at which you're paid up on Like you don't have to pay any more premiums, but that's okay the Reserves that are built up to pay that death benefit will be earning investment income for the insurance company and so they would still be making more money the longer you live. Um, They definitely do not want you to die too young. Life insurance though does protect you over an untimely death. However, yes, the insurance company wants you to live as long as possible then, you know, they're, they're making money off of the net investment income. And if there are additional premiums to arrive, more money coming in to generate more net investment income, off of which they do make some profits. Uh, and in some cases, like with Whole Life, you may be earning dividends yourself as a policyholder. It can be a win-win as a policyholder and as a life insurance company if you live longer. So what exactly is going on here? And if you are a longtime reader of Stump, even before I came to Substack, you'll know that I've written about various mortality trends. And I'm actually getting at some mortality trends, not the headline generating ones like drug overdoses or motor vehicle accidents or suicide or homicide. I'm actually talking about your physiological causes of death and it's not all of them Uh, many of them have had really good trends such as cancer cancer has generally been pre-pandemic so let me be clear I'm going to talk pre-pandemic and then during pandemic and potentially post-pandemic so pre-pandemic Cancer has been steadily improving in terms of mortality trends, um, you know, every year, year over year. Uh, I could get into specific cancers, but let's just say cancer overall, uh, the age-adjusted death rate has steadily improved year over year for decades. Yay! But that has not been true for all major causes of death that are physiological. One may, I mean, the number one cause of death, heart disease, which of course incorporates a lot of sub causes, kind of stalled out in the m- mid 2010s. Um, it kind of reached a stopping point and leveled out. That's pre pandemic, it didn't do so hot. Of went sideways so these rates are per 100,000 people and again it's age adjusted death rates so I'm squishing a lot of information into a single number uh, these rates would differ obviously by age group so it reached um, 167 in 2014 and then it went up to 168.5 or so in 2015, then went back down in 2016. So it's kind of going sideways in the mid-20 teens. And then, and then the pandemic occurred and the rates really jumped up. That's heart disease. I'm not going to get into the details and I'll tell you why in a moment, not in this podcast at least. Other major causes of death, like stroke and diabetes, also had a kind of stalling out or no real improvement, again, pre-pandemic, in the 20 teens, and got worse during the pandemic. Some are just truly bad. Liver disease, and obviously some of that is influenced by alcohol use. And kidney disease, and that can be complex with kidney disease. Um, And absolutely exacerbated by the pandemic. So, okay, what does this have to do with insurance? Now, I'm not talking about selling life insurance and underwriting and that kind of thing. When you are underwritten for life insurance, obviously there's like blood tests usually, And even where there is not blood tests, they do look for medical records and uh, other records where they are looking for signs with regards to heart disease, cancer, stroke, diabetes, all of those kinds of mortality risks. Because these are major drivers of causes of death, you know, they're going to try to figure out what's your overall mortality risk level. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you already have a life insurance policy. You're already covered. And we're trying to figure out the trajectory of your mortality risk. They do have, by the way, mortality projection tables. um, And they already have assumptions built in after your underwriting. And my argument is that perhaps it's not just the pandemic, but definitely the pandemic caused some disruptions that maybe some of these assumptions need to be questioned and that perhaps insurers don't have to be passive about this. There are some screening tests that are cost effective and there's different levels. Some tests are currently you know much more expensive and some are very cheap and i you know it got inflicted some on myself we did a pilot test on the people in the group um so some of us signed up and did that uh, and we we're a variety of ages um and the issue is okay so you test to see for various conditions fine but what about interventions to improve the mortality risk and i've had this discussion with doctors before do you want to test for this or you know that or the other and i'm like well but if there's nothing you can do about it why test so none of these tests are of that nature and uh, there are different levels of interventions as well Um, i'm willing to disclose with regards to one of my tests because it's very simple i had a super low vitamin d level and the intervention, of course, is very simple. I just take, um, I take 10,000 IU of vitamin D daily now uh, after a consultation with a doctor about this, given my vitamin D levels. I live at a pretty high latitude with regards to New York State, um, and I don't go outside too often. I don't eat a lot of fatty fish, uh, but it is a very simple intervention for me to take vitamin D pills daily, and they're not that expensive. So... That's an easy intervention. There are other interventions, obviously, to improve health, such as losing weight, uh, stopping smoking, and stuff like that, which are much more difficult to get people to do. However, if these are conditions that were there when you underwrote the policy, that's not really changing your expected mortality anyway. And yeah, I'm sorry, I'm being an actuary about this. This is kind of talking about shaping the risk. And from a life insurer perspective, like, oh, we care about you as an individual. Okay, no, you have thousands of lives that you're insuring you can do a cost-benefit analysis of okay you know what percent of our policy holders will we find these various biomarkers how many of them will have these very simple Health interventions we can recommend and then how many of them will actually follow the recommended interventions and then what is the marginal improvement to the mortality experience that we think we will get. Can we incentivize our policyholders to do this? Now, we've seen some programs like this at some insurers, such as John Hancock, which has a vitality program where uh, policyholders can earn vitality points, which can earn them various goodies like, you know, coupons and, and some other rewards, but also deductions off of their premiums. So they have some incentives to do some of the activities and some of the activities perhaps really reduces the mortality risk um, on that policyholder there's other programs i've seen with other insurers uh, such as with cancer guardian where they're uh, uh, monitoring for cancer risk specifically but you know there's a variety of risks here i just mentioned vitamin d there were other like heart related risks Some of the risks that we're looking at is inflammation, cardiac injury, because, of course, heart disease. And by heart disease, again, that covers a lot of things. Um, You know, that covers uh, cardiomyopathy. That covers um, congestive heart failure. and, And, you know, different ages and sexes are showing different Increased mortality for different kinds of heart disease, and one can dig into that. Um, similarly, for diabetes, it's not the same at all ages. And in some profiles, the increase were during the peak pandemic years of 2020 and 2021, and others, it's showing the biggest increases as we're coming out of it in 2022 and maybe into 2023 so we need to look at it like which age groups and which causes of death are really potentially driving excess mortality for the enforced business so that's you know kind of geeking out okay i'm just giving a little taste of what we're going to be talking about at upcoming conferences the group you know so there's subsets of this group who have been and will be giving talks at a variety of conferences so they've already talked at the Society of actuaries live meeting live life meeting and I believe it was in New Orleans and then they have given a talk in Bermuda There's an upcoming presentation to the Society of Insurance Research, and by upcoming, I mean, like, I believe it's going to be on Monday, or maybe it's, yeah, I think it's going to be on Monday uh, next week. Then there's going to be the Society of Actuaries virtual life meeting, and I will be one of the presenters on that. There will be, I believe, four of us presenting for that one. Um, We'll have more coming. It's just like we we keep booking more presentations. There is a uh, website, Insurance Collaboration to Save Lives. And of course, I'll drop that in the show notes. Um, So yeah, I'm just looking at the events page now, the life meeting, and that was at New Orleans in August, uh, so we have the Bermuda International Life and Annuity Conference, which was on September 7th, so that was yesterday in Hamilton, Bermuda. Uh, The Society of Insurance Research Conference, so the virtual event and that may still be open for uh, registration and of course that that should be recorded by the Society of Actuary if you're a member and maybe you need some continuing education credit come on we are let me see virtual session 8 C C as in cat so come and see us um, we will have a Zoom webinar upcoming uh, September 21st that you could register for um, September 21st, 2023, 11 a.m. to noon Central Time, so noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time for zoom webinar and I should be on that one Uh, there will be the SOA annual meeting. I guess they're calling it impact now there's a live one in Indianapolis Um, I don't travel much so I will not be at the live one but I will be at the virtual conference and I will be presenting that's on November Uh, so that will be upcoming. So, um, you know, look for us there. I am planning on doing some blog posts, not necessarily on insurance collaboration to save lives, but about excess mortality, about some of these causes of death, doing a deeper dive into, say, heart disease, diabetes, stroke, doing, because we only have so much time, obviously to present during these conferences and I would like to do a deeper dive into some of these causes of death yes i use the cdc wonder database and i believe we have enough data through the end of december 2022 for natural causes of death uh for by age sex uh race ethnicity etc to take a look at this data Um, And then there's also some Society of Actuaries experience reports on individual and group life insurance. And I should do some explainers on those as well because I've been seeing a lot of people trying to do that and misinterpreting the actual to expected ratios. I think I've done it in the past. Um, but I should do this again, because people don't quite understand what this actual to expected ratio means uh, in respect to insurance. Uh, so definitely, uh, you know, there there are some signups on the website of this insurance collaboration to save lives dot org. Uh, I, I encourage, you know, if you're interested, especially if you're in the insurance industry, they're looking for uh life insurance obviously uh companies or people in in, uh in sorry in life insurance but also health insurance because this is about morbidity and mortality we're seeing disability rates going up uh, and again this is not necessarily only a u.s phenomenon we're not simply talking about covid and we're not talking, so this, to be clear, this is not simply about external causes of death, which I have often posted about. And it's not simply about the pandemic because some of these bad trends preceded the pandemic but were simply exacerbated by the pandemic um, and that this pandemic kind of increased awareness and that, Maybe we should not be passive uh, in the insurance industry with respect to, oh, we'll just take the morbidity and mortality risk as it lies, and we're only going to be screening or pricing this risk as it comes to us. Maybe the insurers can be more proactive and manage their risk that way, and it can be a win-win scenario for both the policyholder and for the insurer. Um, So check those out. Uh, Come to one of the events and, you know, especially the Zoom webinar on September 21st, again, noon to 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Check it out. And uh, hope you (laughs) rage against the dying of the light. Or, you know, while there's breath, there's hope. It's Dum Spiro Spiro, which is the Latin motto of the state of South Carolina, which is where I was born. Um, So let's get out there and save lives as uh, I'll leave you with the motto for the insurance collaboration to save lives. Seek answers, save lives, mitigate loss. What can I say? We're a bunch of geeks. Okay. Thank you. That's been stumped. Death in Texas. Talk to y'all another time.